Hey guys, welcome back to the Origins Podcast. Welcome to episode four. Firstly, slight apologies for the delay of this episode getting out there. Um, we've just had a few issues like getting us all together and being able to record it. We've all been fairly busy. Um, but this is a bit of a special episode for us. This is the first guest onto the podcast and it is none other than Mr. Josh Bridgman. And most of you who follow me and Rob, listen to the podcast, will probably already follow Josh. But for those who don't, Josh, take it away. Give a little introduction to yourself. First of all, first guest, I didn't realise, so I appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate your accommodation. Uh, so I guess like I'm a I'm a, a YouTuber, online coach, do like Instagram, talk about fitness, bodybuilding a lot, but I also compete as well, and I'm kind of gunning for that pro card for the long run and the Olympia stage in the even longer run. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. So it was last summer that you was the first attempt at the pro card, all right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I went through the two bros route. I did, I did two potential qualifiers for it. Um, I got into the overall on one, but then you've got to win the overall to get the pro card. It's pretty savage in Europe. And then I came, I just didn't get through to the group. I came second in my in my group, so you got to win that group and then win the overall. Well, the winner of my group went to win the overall, so I like to say that I was in touching distance. Probably well, not, but I like to say it. <laughs> well, in Amer- I'm I think in America they. There's many pro cards for a show where in England you, the, the men's physique divisions categorise into subdivisions, and you have to win your division and then win the overall to get a pro card. Yeah, that's what I think. I think they give away like three to four pro cards a show. There's also more shows, but obviously it's a it's a bigger country, right? So it's kind of understandable. But yeah. it's it's a lot. I'd say it's a lot harder in the UK at the moment for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you think you should have won your group? Um. I can see I can see why I could have beaten him, and I can see why I didn't lose. Um, I think if I put myself in the judge's eyes and think, realistically, the problem is size. Like noticeably, you could see on the stage, like it was my size, my fullness, my muscle bellies that I just don't have developed enough yet. And so in my head, if I if I'm a judge, I'm saying, right, this guy's fuller. He's he is closer. This guy who won, the guy who won, he is closer to that pro physique. So we should give it to him, really. And I can I can understand that. But, you know, being confident in myself, I feel like I had the shape over him. I think I had equal condition to him. I'm just lacking that size. I think I had better shape as well. I just think it's the size and the fullness, which which I wish it wasn't a thing, but it is a thing. You know, they can't give me a pro card. You know, if I'd won and then won the, won the only overall, I'm not saying that would have, but if they give me a pro card, I've still got six, seven, eight, nine, who knows how many kilos to a pro-worthy physique. Um, so it kind of didn't make a difference. I probably needed to not win that, that year, you know. You'd still have to take yeah. the time off to then grow to compete as a pro anyway, so. Regardless, exactly. And the condition was insane. Like, no one could touch you for condition. It was looking open bodybuilding conditioning. Yeah, it hurt. I didn't, I didn't know whether we needed to go that far, but I'm glad we did. Because well, when you know, you, you, I guess you know you can now as well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And how are you coping during the current times? How's the home gym? Um, has there been any changes to the programming, to expenditure? Are you mini-cutting, etc.? So I started off pretty much in a panic. Like I was real confident I was going to be able to swindle some gym owner to work. To, I think I think half the fitness industry thought they were yeah. going to have someone who's going to be in a gym. I messaged mine and was like, are you going to let anyone sneak in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was offering money. I was like, oh, so I had a bit of a panic at the start. I thought, well, everyone's in the same situation, so I've got to, I've got to decide. So I was originally in like a blast, like a higher range of, of 
using uh, steroids. So I kind of come down into a modified cruise, not quite a, a cruise, but just above a cruise um, to retain muscle because I knew the stimulus was probably going to be difficult to repeat in the gym. And then I started accumulating squat racks. I got a squat rack, I got 215 kilos worth of weights and plates. I got 60 kilo dumbbells. And then I bought the cable machine, which came after three weeks, uh, four weeks of waiting, but it was worth it in the end. So I'm kind of good now. I, I feel like I can grow again. So yeah, and, and I'm growing. Or are you mini-cutting? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm mini-cutting. I'm mini-cutting at the moment. I dropped about six kilos as of, or six or seven kilos as of this morning um, in about four weeks. So I've probably got two or three weeks left. Sounds, sounds, sounds. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm in a similar position in terms of the mini-cut as well. I think weight is going to... I expect to be probably like seven pounds down this week. Um, yeah, and to be honest, already I look like shit purely because I'm so flat like fat hasn't come off yet it's just fluid and, and, yeah. and food in the gut so you go through that stage of where you just feel skinny fat and then yeah. and then and then the fat starts to come off and you, and you feel good but yeah I'm in the same position I'm just going to mini cut for four to six weeks and then hopefully hopefully uh prime myself and I can get ready to grow again for when gyms open that's the thought process but I'm yeah, same. we've seen that that five-step thing that's apparently for Ireland, that same gyms are going to open 10th of August. Have you seen that? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, that's another 50. That's the competition prep away. It's, 60 another, weeks. it's another four months and we've already done two. Uh, I don't know what I'll do. No, thanks. <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, basically what we wanted to touch upon was your approach to an off-season. So obviously a lot of people probably will be dieting in this in this phase and then, and then going into a next phase of an off-season. Um, so we just thought, what is your approach when you take a client or even when you coach yourself in the past, uh, just advice to someone of what they should do about, say, building up the calories, the training approach, how much volume to start with, do you recommend starting off with baseline volume, composition rate of game, etc. Um, just kind of your approach to it. Yeah, so I mean, I think initially just being in a position to start a bulk, obviously, if you come a little bit too over, over your body fat, whatever, you've got too much body fat to hold, I'd you'd probably want to lose that first initially. Um, but, you know, for someone for someone who is, you know, fully ready for, 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 for a bulk and one, like it, it's a real simple process for me. And I try and make it as simple for my clients to understand. We just take things very, very slowly, you know, and we just make those, those, change, those small changes week on week on week, which over months add up to big changes. And, you know, the body adapts. I was actually looking at someone today, took his calories from 3,000 3, to 4,000 in the space of maybe eight weeks or so. Uh, and like he's up a couple couple pounds or so, you know, and that's just the classic case of just building with metabolism, building metabolism, putting yourself in that position where you can bowl, and then eventually you're going to be in a decent surplus, um, and then you just rinse and repeat in terms of food and just keep pushing up alongside the weights in the gym. Uh, I kind of train off a low volume program, and I tend like 95% of my clients are on a low volume program, so high intensity, kind of hitting failure off a couple sets. Um, focusing on recovery in, in the meantime and then a few people will have who work off slightly high volumes who may not be uh, uh, as far down the line as the more advanced people that, that could, I could uh, push to just push to failure um, but generally everything is going to start super low in terms of volume no rest pauses no drop sets nothing like that uh, and as we kind of fortify those initial patterns those motor patterns and you know get better and more efficient at those those exercises after three to four weeks I'll then start to play with volume a little bit, you know, so maybe we'll tag a little bit more onto arms because it's, it's not so taxing. And then we'll see if we can add another compound on 
and you know we'll, we'll push the limits of the individual until that we're just seeing their numbers even decline not until they decline but to the point where we think mm, we're pushing it quite hard here and then we're just going to pull back and just stay just below that line and then i'm going to push until you know the fatigue builds up and we're going to take those notes for a deload with deload and we'll do it all over again how many how many sets like per body part would you kind of recommend to start off with i just say like low ish yeah um yeah so i mean for the bigger muscles that's getting pretty taxed well i mean anything from eight ish sets a week you know start there split it into two sessions four sets four sets like putting four sets on a, on a on a press or something you're going to be able to lift you know real real good um and then just build that up you know as 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 fast as you need to um or as slow as you need to and then and then probably for for smaller muscles you know you could you could probably get that even quicker yeah i think the biggest sure. mistake people make in off seasons is they're scared to push up food they're scared to push the body weight up uh, and also doing too much not neglecting the recovery and doing too much in the gym uh, i've noticed yeah. the most gross that i've ever uh, accumulated was from when I, I rested more and did less in the gym focus more on taking sets to true failure pulled volume down and 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 focused on recovery a lot more and actually increased yeah. rest days was when when i grew the most but as you say someone that's a that's new to training will have to start on a higher volume approach due to they don't know how to take it to failure. They don't know when to take it there. Like two yeah. sets won't be enough to generate that stimulus. More often than not, for sure. A lot of it's just like, it depends how new, right? If they're like never touched the weight in their life, you're just trying to teach them how to pick up a barbell safely for like six months, you know? So you can, you can, sorry, go on. It's just like a skill recruitment, motor learning yeah. and... Yeah exactly that yeah and then of course you could start slightly higher and as their skill acquisition is is higher some people take to it quicker some people will be slower you can increase that volume alongside that skill acquisition that's what i would say yeah uh, but in on your point like yeah on the growing and resting more like agreed like you know the 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 the, the, the beauty is finding the sweet spot for yourself you know i know like i know people like uh like aj morris honestly that kid i know he, tra- he trains like an absolute monster his volume is destroy. It would absolutely kill me. I cannot even finish a session with him because his volume is so high. But that's what he can handle. That's what he can I, handle. I mean, I no, trained I with him. I trained push with him in like September, um, and I, I couldn't believe it. I, yeah, I had to do. I did half his session. Like as in, he. We were doing three sets, and we did push. We did three presses. We did three sets in every press. We started with four sets of side raises. He then had four sets on a pet day. Four sets on another side raise. And I was doing like two on everything, and I'm just sat. I, mean, I was just sat there waiting for him to finish his sets. Like I was like, bro, I can't do this volume. I'm gonna be really. I won't be training push for two weeks after this. Yeah. But I think I think that has come down a lot since then training with Cuba. Potentially, yeah. But um, the volume he was accumulating was mad, and he and he was sound. <laughs> like his set three yeah. on a press was not affected at all. Like he was getting the same reps as, as his set two, where I would be getting like six reps less. I'm knackered yeah. the two sets. Same. <laughs> <laughs> especially with the legs as well like trying to taking two sets of like a leg press to failure and then trying mm. to trying to take that off like further but like, tim we were doing like three sets um on like the squat press here ultimate for a while and we had to take it out because like that that extra third set just absolutely ruined us and yeah. i mean we had we we have one rotation at temple gym i don't know if you've been josh and it's a it's the pendulum squat to a sled press rotation. And for weeks we were saying like, 
we're going to add that third set to the set. Yeah, should we do it? Should we and do then it? After set two, we're like, there's no way we can add that third set. And every week, we're like, we're going to do the third set this week like, throughout the offseason, trying to build up some volume. And we could just never, ever do it. We could never add that third set. Every that's time the, the answer is no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the key. That's the key. The key is asking that question, right? For sure. And I'm sure AJ asks and he answers with it. Let's do another one, you know? <laughs> but also, with an off season, I think people have to understand that they, they've got to get uncomfortable. It's like yeah. to the tail end of a prep, you get so uncomfortable not eating where you're starving. And then the end of an off season is you, the sight of food makes you feel sick. Force feeding yeah. food, literally. I don't know how high did your calories get towards the end before this mini cut. Uh, actually, uh, very nicely at five thousand five hundred calories because the year before I got to six thousand five hundred and I only got up to one hundred seven. So I was one one hundred and seventeen. So I got, I got ten kilos heavier the last season and eating a thousand calories less. So it shows you how much like things can change, like you know, year you know year to year. But now I'm eating four thousand calories. I can't stop dropping weight. So it's the beauty of pushing your food up that high is that you get to diet on a higher amount of food. Um, so you're on four thousand right now during this mini cut. Yeah, I'm four thousand training. Yeah. 4,000 training, three, five-ish on non-training. Um, so they're real high. Um, but like, I agree, dude, like you've got to push, it's going to, you know, if it's for the purpose of bodybuilding and maximizing every single thing that you're going to do, it's, you know, you've got to get uncomfortable. You know, largely, like I've got a lot of clients that aren't necessarily bodybuilders. They don't need to get that uncomfortable. Sure, they might need to be a softer. They might need to eat like a lot of food, but it's not going to be like, that's, there's, you know, there's not going to be that, you know, if you don't get it done, that's it, we're done, you know. But if other people who need to get it down, you've got to, you got to find that routine to get it down because 5,500 calories, five meals, like, it absolutely writes you off doing that every day for months and months and months. Yeah. But I put, I, go on, go on. I was going to say, I was just under six at my peak when I was at uni. And then I, I brought it down a little when I came home due to steps being so low. But I remember seeing you when when we trained at MJ's. I was already at that stage where if I missed a meal, I was like five pounds down the next day. And you were yeah. like, "Shit, you're already at that stage." I was like, "Yeah." So I've been, I've been uncomfortable for months now. So this this mini cut's come at the right time. But I think people need to understand as well. They 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 fall into that realm of scrolling down Instagram and seeing lean influencers all the time. And people got to realize that they're like 28 these influencers and that that's their job to be lean all year round and take Instagram photos. They look the same year on year. You've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to get soft if you want to grow and change year on year, as opposed to the people like you see, you see like Rob Litsit, Mike Thurston, they've already, they're, they're the size they want to be now and their job is to stay lean. So you don't want to copy them and think you've got to stay lean all year. You're not going to change your physique if, if that's your thought process. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree. Completely agree. Those guys haven't grown or changed their physique at all in like the last five, six, seven years almost. No. Especially yeah. someone like Rob. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, so Josh, this is like the, if I'm right, this is the first time that you've properly pushed up with like the anabolic side of things. Um, yeah. so I think but, you, did, you did start like partway through the off season last year, didn't you? Yeah, I, I started a little bit too high. So I was almost at the point where I couldn't eat when I started. Yeah. And then I did like, did like a two-week tidy up which was not enough and then i just then i just started and i had to go and struggle to eat up to 107 yeah um, with but yeah i actually pushed a little bit well, i obviously pushed when i prepped but nothing in a, in an off season yeah so how how different would you say this has been like kind of coming out of a prep and into an off season with that side of things like like being able to utilize that uh it's it's 
been excited. I've got to be excited about it as much as it's still putting things in me that's going to hurt me. I've got to be excited about it. I'm excited about the strength that it's given me. Uh, it's been exactly what it says in the tin. You know, yeah. it's got to be bigger, stronger, faster than I, than I thought I could. Um, but I think more so this year, I've realised that um, the 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 goal of where a pro standard physique is is a lot further away than you initially think it is. Because I've thought when I was natural, like I'm not too far off. Let me get on some gear, I'll be fine. I thought I was going to explode and I'll be a pro, you know. And yeah. the reality was I was, you know, I wasn't there. And the reality is I still might not be there in 2021. And that's two two plus years of, you know, using you know, steroids. So. But they're not magic, are they? The work still needs to be put in. Exactly. Still still need that time. There's still time that, that you need to put in. Sure, it might be shorter amount of time, but it's still a long time. So what is it What is it right now that you think you need to add the most to your physique to make it pro? To Not not pro card worthy, but to be able to compete against pros, to be able to compete in a pro show. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm fairly balanced when I look at myself, kind of objectively as much as I can. Uh, just size for me and just add to my arms is probably my weakest point. Um, potentially some chest fullness, but just I just need more size. I just need like another size seven is. kilos on me. Yeah, that'd be nice everywhere. Just equally seven kilos on. Let me see. How you look a bit more on the arms, a bit more on the chest, and, and that's it. Because it's that balloon like upper band of the body that's just like sought after, you know. So if you can push that on, that'd be perfect. But I mean, who, who's a current, what's current Miss Olympia called? Uh, the tall guy that won it Raymond I mean Edmonton. if you look at his from that arm across clavicular region and down it is just literally like a balloon it's ridiculous yeah they're all um, like that it's and, uh, crazy I, I mean I've never seen someone like a men's physique Olympia athlete in person um, but I can imagine the size of them are just absolutely ridiculous I mean it used to be like you know like when Steve Cook competed in the Olympia it was that attainable look it was that yeah. mentally, it was that attainable, you could that beach body look, and now it's like just it's just year on year, it's just getting bigger. But it's the same with every yeah. category, for sure. For sure, potentially, classic's gonna hold out. I like to think classic's gonna hold out because they've got yeah, the weight cap, really. Hopefully, yeah, the weight cap. They should do that for men's physique, I feel almost. And, uh, do you think I it's too far? When I, when I competed in Italy, I saw a guy weigh, weigh in for the classic and then he didn't make weight and he put shorts on and did men's physique and came like second. Was, it, was, he the, was, he oh, the, was he the Italian guy, the big dude, that knew the judges? Uh, um, or was that the winner? That was the winner, that was the was winner, yeah. Winner? <laughs> you saw it like you knew the judges. <laughs> yeah, true. they were all just like talking him and like telling him how to open up his shoulders and shit and I'm just like, what is this? I mean, you expect it in Italy to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, corruption fun. central there <laughs> um and then yeah basically well that's pretty much covered an off season really and how to approach it um what also we wanted to talk about with you is you know in the last year two years your social media has blown compared to before like i think you've spoke about before in, in, in i think in your own podcast that you were so you're really relaxed with it you were on the ball and you, you tried to let it grow more organically but recently you've pushed it a lot, lot more. What do you think has been the success behind the growth because you've, you've blown up? Um, I mean, beyond like the obvious things like con- just being consistent across um, across the whole... Uh, sorry, just tell me what's off. Um, besides being consistent across all of the forms of, forms of social media that you've got, uh, 
actually thinking about every single thing, every single thing, whether it be entertainment, comedy, or actual value. I'm trying to give that value in everything. Whether there's education, whatever it is, there's got to be something in there for someone to kind of get something out of. Um, So I kind of changed my post from just posting a picture of me looking shredded, trying to get someone to click on it, to actually posting a picture of me shredded, but then giving them some value underneath it so they actually stuck around for a little bit, you know? And then it was just in giving out, basically just giving out free knowledge, giving out what people want, giving out the information that people need, and then people are going to start listening to you. And then obviously, you know, looking a certain way, looking basically having more muscle, being super shredded, like you're going to get more clicks. You know, obviously last year was was pretty decent in terms of like how lean I got and how basically a clickable factor, right? Like, you know, that's how YouTube works. I'm sure it's how largely how Instagram works. See someone crazy veins. Let me just look at that a little bit longer. Instagram recognizes that and it helps a bit. So that kind of thing does help for sure. Um, just having intent with everything that I put out, kind of not sacrificing kind of quality of photo, really. Um, like they're all going to be pretty crisp photos obviously everyone's doing the the row of three now to make the whole page look nice on instagram so you you know something like that if you, if that's your vibe obviously you it's going to be are you doing that as well at the moment now so i do columns because i'm columns. edgy like that yeah <laughs> i don't see no one no, i'm doing a column so. you got you got tom doing row of three you got you doing columns then brightman's doing diagonals yeah exactly <laughs> no it's something that i was thinking about doing the row of three um, but it just looks messy when you start it. Until until yeah. you've got like six in a row, it looks messy. Yeah, and also, yeah, it does. What I've done is, is I've got columns of videos, and I've got columns of uh, like physique updates, comparisons, and then I've got a column of just whatever I want to put in. And then uh, yeah. in doing that, that's limited me to almost like three things. Do you know what I mean? So like I've almost now I've kind of got tailored content, and I'm thinking mm, I probably need to change that. So actually just thinking about things like that, get on your insights. I've now seen a slight drop off in when I'm doing the comparison photos because I've been doing them for a year. Everyone's seen them. Everyone's seen off season, you know, off season, beginning weight, last weight. Everyone, you know, all of my followers have seen what I've, how I've been structuring things and it, the novelty wears off, right? Too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. So just understanding when maybe you're coming into that, that area with your insights, like you can, you can refresh your, your tactics and go from there. So I've kind of tried to do that as much as I can as well. So you do look at the insights quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'll always be on the ball. I know, like, pretty much there or thereabouts where everything is, and if I'm having a good week, I can kind of look over why. Can always looking at which stories traction the most, who's who's uh, like sending them to what, what kind of things tracked, and just try work the engine because that's the way it's, that's the way Instagram works, really. What was you going to say, Rob? Sorry, my internet keeps cutting out. Um, I didn't hear what anything was just said then, but uh, Josh, you kind of have like your. I think one one of the reasons you're so successful is you have like this kind of tone with like every every post that you write, every video you like YouTube video you post, every like story, it kind of has your kind of own sort of tone to it. Like you always know that like it's Josh's story or Josh's video that's come up and people have like grown to like that over the time. Do you actually like kind of put effort into making it your own original kind of content like every single thing you post, or is that kind of something that's happened naturally? Uh, 100% it happened naturally I, when I started this I started it to kind of I, I kind of started it almost to just to be like one of those influencers I wanted to be Guzman I wanted to be my ogus I wanted to, so I sort of just did them and I was them and it yeah. you know it didn't didn't, re- didn't 
it didn't work for me for some reason. Also, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like that's the way I wanted to do things. You know, and then I found AJ Morris, actually. I had about 4,000 followers. I found him. He had 10. And I thought, how has this, this motherfucker got 10,000? You know? <laughs> and, and then I followed him. And I was like, oh, because he presents information really, really well. I reckon I could present that a little bit better. Let me try it. Then I started doing it. People enjoyed it. Put my own little spin on it. And then, you know, I found something else. I found something else. And then, then because I'd found so many things, I realized how people were thinking. I could start thinking of things of my own then. And I could start being a bit more creative with my own things because I'd seen how it worked before. Like, I don't, I don't see any problem in this industry copying someone else. You know, if you can copy someone else and make it better, you give doing people a justice. And it's a compliment to the other person. You know, it's just the way it is. The moment you put one video out about something, everyone's done a video about it the next day. Like, it's just the way it is. So accept it, move on and use it to your advantage. So I've always tried and seen what, what works for people, try and copy it, put my own spin on it. And not even try to put my own spin on it. Just thought, how am, I, how am I saying this in my head? I try and just say it how I'm saying it in my head. And that's how I kind of try and talk on my podcast and stuff. Just how it comes out is how it comes out. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I think that helps a lot. I think it's key on Instagram to to present an informative post, but it not be too long. Getting it nice and concise. I think you've nailed that with like you usually have like four like sections in a post, and and that's it done. But it nails it to the point, as opposed to you see some people and it's just lines after lines, and, and no one's going to read that caption. For sure, I, I would say I would say don't necessarily always think about it like that because there's going to be a portion of your fan base who will enjoy that. Yeah. So. Yeah. maybe you just do it less regularly, right? Once every two weeks, and you're going to have to go, oh, I love when Josh does these posts, and you're going to worry about it, whatever. Another week goes by, oh, he's done all these again, you know? And that person's going to get benefit from it more than someone else, sure. But then all the short people who enjoy the shorter form, they're getting that more often. So I always try and do things that I feel like not necessarily the larger portion of people will like, because I'm doing that most of the time. But every now and again, I'll try and think of something that the not-so-large portion would enjoy as well. I'm trying to do that. I feel like the physique update is coined as well, and everyone followed suit with the, with the macros, <laughs> training day, steps, cardio, etc. Laying it all out. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you did nail that one during prep and off season last year, and everyone's everyone's followed suit with that now. We've both done it, haven't we, Tim? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Right? Yeah, I mean, I remember I at the end of my prep, I I tried to kind of put a twist on your um the truth behind being shredded or like the the real truth of being shredded. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it didn't blow up like yours, but <laughs> I was like, I saw your video. I was like, oh, I'll, try, I'll try to copy that and, and make my own little spin. Yeah. It's the same like Tom's Yohimbine video. Uh, no, Modafinil video, sorry. Uh, I had some Modafinils at uni. I was like, well, I, I'll do it. And, and that got like 60K views, which was like one of my highest viewed videos. So that worked yeah. as well. Sorry, I was going to say, like, these guys like Matt does fitness and stuff. Like they live off those trends. Like that's how they do it. You know when like the combat training fitness camps are going wild, everyone was doing them, and yeah. now everyone's doing. I let my wife choose what I eat for 24 hours or something. You know, like it's just it's the way it goes, and and it's similar fitness, right? Similar fitness. Like, there are these he's hot literally topics. let everyone in his life pick his food for 24 hours. That man. <laughs> <laughs> for a million views, every single video. Um, yeah, literally, I think he even went down to like letting his Hoover pick his food for 24 hours and stuff. It was, it was mad. But, I mean, he's still getting like millions of views on a video. So yeah, that's crazy. It, don't don't change your winning formula. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, on YouTube now, are you trying to put out a lot more informative content? I've noticed with your videos, like the titles are they're not clickbait really that much anymore. 
Yeah, it's very difficult. Like, I find YouTube a difficult nut to crack because it's. I think it's a lot more valuable because people invest in your personality and they're there for, you know, if a video is 20 minutes, hopefully they're there for half of it at least, you know. So it's it, it's a difficult nut to crack in the way that you've got to get the right thumbnail. And I struggle to think about it. You've got to get the right title because it does work. It does work. Like, the titles do work, but people are starting to hate clickbait, right? Yeah. I, I think... I've I've seen a lot of people who are notorious for clickbaiting sort of get called out a lot for it, sort of go downhill in their views as well, and their views yeah. are sort of suffering for it. So, I mean, I just like to make it clickable and then just back up the back up the click, right? Just this is I'm going to give you that information in this video. Here it is, and then try and put still try and make it you know nice to watch. Still try and make it funny at some point. Still. Because I don't want to, and I don't want to just turn into me talking to a camera the whole the whole time as well. But it's difficult. It's, it's, it's difficult to grow YouTube. Like it's, it's slow, slow and steady. But yeah, I, I, it's hard. It's hard. You, I think if you can make it a decent title that someone will want to watch and click on without making it clickbait, and then as you said, back it up with a good video and informative video. Hopefully, you will retain that that person to to watch videos again in the future. And. Yeah. I, when you start out YouTube, it's hard to not force yourself to be someone else. I think if you can be yourself from the start on the camera, then you've already got a head start for everyone else. Because as you said, like, I know when I first started, I just tried to copy Guzman, match tuning, et cetera, and do videos just like theirs, kind of trying to act like Max in a way. And it, was, it wasn't it was until ages that I was just them myself on YouTube. When you realize that it, does, it doesn't work for you because it's it working for them. You're, you're not Guzman, you're not Max, so it's not going to work for you. Exactly. They're only working to yourself. But as you said, like Robbie, like you only do Instagram, and then this podcast was the first time anyone's really even heard your voice, wasn't it? Yep, yep. And so I, like, I do, I do want to start YouTube. But that's something we literally spoke about it yesterday. Like I want to kind of put my personality out a bit more because Instagram isn't really enough, and even podcasts. Not everyone listens to a podcast. Um, for sure. But yeah, but yeah. And I say try into you a lot more if they know your personality. If they get to know you, they're going to invest into all your socials. Like they're potentially going to come to you as a client for online coach because because they invest in, in you and your, in your personality. They, they feel like they know you more. It feels yeah. more personal, doesn't it? No, I agree. I always say like try try everything because you never know. You might be amazing at one of them. <laughs> you know, you might just you know it might take to YouTube like nothing. So. Exactly. I mean, I've got I've got an Xbox coming Friday, so Twitch is starting up as well. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're all going to be Twitchers. We're all going to be quads with, quads with TM Cycles. You, you, you've not got Twitch yet, have you? Uh, I can't I can't do it here because I've got no internet for it. The internet's I'm so, like this. If any other devices on the internet right now, we're not having this call. It's that slow. When I'm where I am. Really? <laughs> yeah, I got my mum's Wi-Fi's off. My Wi-Fi's off. <laughs> is it bad on pod then? Is it laggy? Uh, or is it just so, it so I have to compress a video. So I take like a two gigabyte video and I can make it about 500 megabytes and it will take me about seven hours to upload at 500 megabytes. <laughs> yeah, and, that, yeah, and like that, that loses the quality on it. So it's, it's fucking annoying, man. It's really, really annoying. But I've got like, I have, like I did Twitch like three, four years ago. So I've got capture card. I've got everything that I need. I just can't, I can't do it. It doesn't work. I can't stream. <laughs> no, I won't be doing Twitch, but I'm, I'm so, I mean, I got my PS4 stolen at the end of my last term at uni. Um, okay. So I've not, so, but it was, it was kind of a blessing in disguise in the sense that I had no Xbox or PS4 for my dissertation. So I knew if I got COD, I, I would not be off it in this lockdown. 
So as soon as I got it done, I've gone and bought an Xbox and cod straight away, and I'm so excited for it to go. I cannot yeah. wait. By a better way out on cod, it's a different gravy, it's a different level. Yeah, it's good. I haven't actually played it yet. I've refrained from it because I know that I won't get off it. Don't blame me. But um, that's 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 pretty much. Have you got any questions for Josh, Rob? Anything on the top of your head that anyone asked? Nah, nobody asked any good ones to be honest. No, <laughs> just the standard like, how many calories does he eat? It's like, just, <laughs> it it, it's not relative to you. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, well, well, we'll wrap it up here then, Josh. Thanks for coming on, mate. Um, hopefully, other people have taken some some good stuff away from that in terms of their off season. Uh, pushing up calories and the growth be like the reason behind your growth on social media some tips um yeah thanks for coming on mate i hope everyone's enjoyed this episode um and yeah we'll we'll see you in the next one do you want to plug your socials for anyone uh josh bridgman on everything just type in you'll find me easy your podcast is bridging the gap in it it is bridging the gap yeah but you can type in josh bridgman on the podcast you'll find me that's another that's another tip make it all one name You can't do that, Tim. What? We can't do that. Well, no, because this is both of us, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, true, yeah, true. But, but, yeah. Right, guys. All right, then. We will see you in the next one. Cheers. Cheers.